We've journeyed through geological epochs, ice ages, and human histories. Today, we'll recount the tale of how this extraordinary land came to be protected as a national park. As the 20th century dawned, the wild beauty of the Tetons had started to capture the attention of conservationists. Yet, the path to preservation was fraught with obstacles. Ranchers, loggers, and miners, whose livelihoods were tied to the land, saw federal protection as an infringement on their rights enter John D. Rockefeller Jr., a passionate lover of the Tetons, who envisioned the creation of a national park that would rival the European Alps in grandeur. Using his wealth, he bought up large tracts of land in the area with a view to donate them to the federal government for conservation. Rockefeller, born in 1874, was the only son of John D. Rockefeller, co-founder of the Standard Oil Company, and arguably the richest man in history. Junior, as he was often called, stepped into his father's philanthropic shoes and became a major benefactor in numerous fields, including education, health, and notably conservation. His first encounter with the Teton landscape occurred during a family trip in the late 1920s. He was moved by the region's striking beauty, but also alarmed by the rapid, unplanned development he saw in Jackson Hole. In his mind, this threatened the very natural grandeur that drew visitors to the area. Rockefeller's response was swift and ambitious. Through his private corporation, the Snake River Land Company, he began buying up thousands of acres in Jackson Hole. The aim was not to exploit these lands, but to preserve them. He intended to donate the lands to the U.S. government for protection as part of a national park. However, Rockefeller's plan was met with fierce opposition. Local ranchers, business owners, and politicians decried what they saw as a federal land grab, facilitated by an out-of-state billionaire. The controversy raged for over two decades, playing out in public debates, courtrooms, and the halls of Congress. In 1943, with the stalemate showing no signs of resolution, President Franklin Roosevelt took an unprecedented step. He used the Antiquities Act to designate the lands acquired by Rockefeller as the Jackson Hole National Monument, effectively bypassing Congress. This move heightened the controversy, leading to what some have called the Sagebrush Rebellion. The Sagebrush Rebellion was a political movement that swept across the American West in the late 1970s and early 1980s. At its heart, it was a struggle over land ownership and control between the federal government and the states. The name Sagebrush Rebellion itself captures the essence of the movement. The sagebrush, a common plant in the arid West, serves as a symbol for the rugged, independent spirit of the region. Rebellion speaks to the dispute against federal control of vast stretches of land in Western states. This dispute had been simmering for a while, but reached a boiling point in the late 1970s, when the Federal Land Policy and Management Act was passed. This act made it clear that the majority of public lands would remain in federal ownership. The backlash from Western states was swift and intense, leading to the birth of the Sagebrush Rebellion. While the Sagebrush Rebellion may seem like a historical event, its echoes can still be heard today. The question of who should control public lands and how these lands should be managed remains a contentious issue. The delicate balance between conservation and development, between local and federal control, is an ongoing conversation. Proponents of the rebellion argued that the local control of land would be more responsive to the needs of the local population, particularly those involved in industries such as agriculture, ranching, and mining. However, opponents worried that state or private control could lead to overexploitation and compromise the environmental integrity of these lands. However, it also set the stage for a long term solution. 
1950, under President Harry Truman, a compromise was reached. The new boundaries of Grand Teton National Park were established, incorporating most of the National Monument and marking the end of one of the most intense debates in U.S. conservation history. Today, we can look back and appreciate John D. Rockefeller Jr.'s vision and dedication. Without his intervention, the face of Jackson Hole might look much different. It's a testament to the power of individuals in shaping our natural heritage and a reminder of the ongoing dialogue between conservation and development. This was a triumph for the American conservation movement. The hard-fought battle to create Grand Teton National Park underscored the challenges of balancing human livelihoods with the need to preserve our natural heritage. So the next time you marvel at the unspoiled beauty of the Tetons, remember the efforts and struggles that went into protecting this extraordinary landscape. And as you explore its trails, lakes, and peaks, celebrate the vision of those who fought to keep it wild and free. Grand Teton is not just a refuge for people seeking tranquility or adventure. It's a sanctuary for a wide array of flora and fauna. The park's various ecosystems, from alpine meadows to riparian corridors, sagebrush flats to dark forests, are home to over 60 species of mammals, 300 species of birds, and a multitude of fish, reptiles, and insects. In the shadow of the Tetons, you might spot herds of majestic elk grazing or see a pronghorn antelope the fastest land animal in North America, racing across the plains. You might glimpse a beaver hard at work in a river or catch sight of a moose wading in a marsh. Look skyward, and you may observe an eagle soaring against the backdrop of the rugged peaks or spot a peregrine falcon diving at astonishing speeds to catch its prey. If you're fortunate, you might even hear the eerie call of the elusive gray wolf or see the distinctive hump and claws of the grizzly bear, a reminder that you are indeed in the wild heart of nature. And then there are the quieter inhabitants, the butterflies that flutter in the meadows, the frogs that croak in the marshlands, the dazzling array of wildflowers that bloom in spring and summer. These lesser-known characters add their notes to the symphony of life that makes Grand Teton such a special place. However, as we admire the park's wildlife, let's remember that we are visitors in their home. We have a responsibility to observe them from a distance, to respect their space, and to leave no trace of our visit. Next time, we'll journey from Grand Teton to another marvel of the American West, Yellowstone National Park. We'll trace the path along the John D. Rockefeller Jr. Memorial Parkway, a scenic route that offers breathtaking vistas and a seamless connection between these two extraordinary parks. Until then, let the harmonious interplay of life in Grand Teton National Park inspire you to cherish and protect the precious diversity of our planet. <laughs>